Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, let's go ahead and get people to come in. We'll, we'll get the doors closed. Hey, we're going to get started. It's 3.15. If we could uh, jump in here. We're going to get started right on time because we've got some awesome stuff coming up for you guys. So my name is Scott Hayes. I'm the lead pastor of Element Church in East Lansing, Michigan. Ark Church number 523. Come on. And uh, I was just talking with, uh, with Pastor Earl in the back, and I'm like, you know, without Ark, I don't know if I would be here. And I don't know if I would not at the conference, like, be doing what I'm doing. And, uh, and so, uh, so my wife, Eric, and I uh, are honored to lead that church in East Lansing, Michigan, Michigan State University. And uh, you are in uh, now, so that's, that's who I am. Let me remind you who you are. You are in a session here called Developing Healthy Church Culture. And uh, I'm going to get out of the way here pretty quickly because we've got somebody who's going to speak to you in an amazing way. His name is Pastor Earl McClellan. Uh, he's married to Anika. You got to hear his wife speak in the seven on seven. How many of you enjoy that? That was awesome. Man. You crushed it. So thank you. Um, uh, they have three kids, uh, Parker, Grayson, and Elle. And uh, it's so cool. I, you know, I got, I got to know your story a little bit. And uh, we, I mean, we've been hanging out a little bit, but um, just, just got to know their story. They, um, they were in Austin, Texas, Shoreline City Church. They went to Dallas, Texas, Shoreline City Church in Dallas. Uh, just uh, recently, uh, I don't know the exact timelines, but several thousand people, over 4,000 people. I mean, they're killing it in the Dallas area. And uh, I just, uh, one thing that I, I learned about you, though, that um, I know you won't tell people, but I get to tell them because I have the mic for right now. And uh, <laughs> Uh, he played ball, a basketball at ORU, uh, captain, kind of turned the team around. So we started talking about leadership, and you started talking about developing cultures. Healthy things grow. Um, and so when you start talking about leadership and culture, and uh, your coach was Bill Self. Those basketball fans of you in here will know that's a Kansas coach. And so when we talk about leadership and developing culture and making changes, and now I think you, I, aside from all of the stuff that you guys have done uh, leading a church, I know that you guys have been uh, rubbed shoulders and are still continuing to rub shoulders with some amazing leaders. And so I know you have some amazing things to say to us. So I guess just uh, my last thing up here is just to ask this of us, can we just open our hearts and our ears today and lean in hard? And, uh, and let me just pray for us. Um, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in this room in Birmingham, Alabama, at Church of the Highlands, part of the Ark. And God, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts so far up to this point. But God, we thank you that you're not done yet. And we thank you that you're gonna speak, God, over the next hour, would you just, God, allow us to open our hearts and our ears and hear from you. God, I pray that you would speak, Holy Spirit, that you would speak as only you can do to each heart in each place where it needs to hear. And so, God, we thank you for that, and we just um, we thank you that you're going to speak to us, and we thank you, God. It's our desire, God, to be a part of developing healthy church cultures. Would you allow us to learn from you? We thank you, and we love you. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Thanks so much. Amen. Hello, everybody. You guys ready for a fun time? Yes, yes, yes. Great to see everyone. Uh, thank you so much for that introduction. Uh, me playing basketball now, probably 1,048 years ago, means absolutely nothing. I am, uh, my left knee is all janky now, and I'm, but I can still beat my kids in basketball, and that's really all that matters. Uh, I will take my 13-year-old to the rack every single time, elbow him in the face, and I'll pray for him if he gets hurt at all, but we're just trusting uh, that he's going to grow up and be a man that he's just going to have to learn to take the elbows and figure it out later. Uh, I love all of you already. Uh, to think that I get to have these few moments to connect with you is incredibly humbling for me. I am honored uh, to be here and definitely not up here because I feel like I, I have it all together, uh, but I'm just honored to serve and I'll, I'll share some things that we've walked through and some things we've learned. We'll take some time for question and answer as well. Uh, I'm sure plenty of you in here have answers that will be better than mine and even some of the stuff I'm going to say, you might even not even agree with, and I'm okay with that. I like you to have the conversation uh, because what we're going to talk about today, uh, this is not totally, um, this is not a science really. It's more art, uh, what we're talking about when it comes to, to healthy cultures. Uh, but before we continue on, I do have to say my wife is the finest woman I've ever met in my entire life, a woman of God that I love so much, and I'm incredibly thankful for you. And it's been fun holding her bags this entire time and people coming up to me saying, is, is she your wife? Oh, she's awesome. I don't even care about you. But you're, you tell your wife. She did so great. I'm like, well, my name's Earl. Uh, 
I'm her husband, uh, but I, I'm just so, so proud of you, Oniki. You did such a great job, encouraged all of us to dig, uh, me, me included. Uh, so I uh, got a little bit of an introduction, and we have three kids. We have 13, 7, and 2. Uh, 13 is our oldest, Parker. 7 is our middle son, Grayson. And then we have L. Grace, who is our two-year-old and is my favorite child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All the dads in here know. Okay, so I'm wondering, I'm wondering in this room right now, uh, I'm wondering who we have in here. Okay, I'm wondering who we have. I see Dave in here. Dave goes to our church actually too. And uh, so I know Dave's not a pastor, uh, but he works in ministry and he's a wonderful, wonderful uh, man who has just jumped in and has been such a support and strength to us. We just launched our third campus, um, uh, second campus in Dallas, third campus overall. We have another campus in Antigua, Guatemala, uh, which is a beautiful, uh, part of the world, uh, cobblestone streets and uh, fantastic um, uh, campus that we have there. But Dave and his wonderful wife, are you guys are leading our Connect Center, is that right, over there? So any, if he's not healthy, uh, I guess, then don't listen to anything that I'm saying. But uh, I, I think God's been doing some great things uh, in his heart and in his life. Uh, but with that being said, I'm wondering who in here, um, you're like, uh, you're, you're the senior pastor, the senior pastor. How many senior pastors do we have in there? Okay, great, great. Uh, how many of you are leaders of the organization that you might not be the senior pastor, but you might maybe have a nonprofit or something? Okay, great. So uh, who's on team uh, at a church here? Who's just on team? Okay, great, great. And then uh, who has no idea why you're in the room, but you just wanted to go someplace? And just hang out. <laughs> you, heard, you heard there was a bald guy and you wanted to see if his head was going to shine. Uh, and, and it does. Uh, so all of you who are here, obviously we have a lot of folks who are on the team. That, that actually really, really excites me uh, because you guys are going to be the carriers, uh, the ones to help uh, things really, really move forward. Uh, if you have your Bibles, why don't we open up there and I'll, I'll go through uh, a few thoughts here. Uh, let me just tell you right now. There are some thoughts that I have that I feel like are fully cooked. This is not one of them, okay? <laughs> this one right here, I feel like I'm still wrestling with, and I've been wrestling with it for a while. So if you're okay to be on that journey with me today, and we'll talk through uh, some of these things and see, uh, see if any of it makes sense, but I am so incredibly excited. Uh, I, I love, I love health. Uh, it matters to me a lot. So if you have Mark chapter 7, uh, Mark chapter 7, you can go there. Mark chapter 7. We do not have the scripture on the screen for you because I did not send in uh, a scripture. Uh, Mark chapter 7, verse number 1. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. Uh, skip with me now down to verse number, let's go all the way to verse number 14. Let's go to verse number 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him, and, and he said this, okay? This, is, this has been messing with me. Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can, it can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable, are you so dull? <laughs> Jesus is so sweet. Uh, don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart. Here's now an anatomy lesson from Jesus. It does not go into his heart, but into his stomach. And then out of his body. <laughs> Verse number 20. He went on. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts and women's hearts, evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Um, 
our uh, church, we, it's now six years old. We just celebrated six years in, uh, in January. Uh, so we're glad that we've made it this far. Uh, we are thrilled. It's been a wild ride, an amazing ride. And like I said, we are far from perfect. Uh, but we uh, started off meeting in a nursing home. Okay, so we started off, uh, which is dumb now. We didn't, we weren't in ARC, you know, uh, at that time. Now we've jumped on the journey, but we didn't know that's probably not the best place uh, to start a church. But we, we just did it. And it was awesome, right, to have this like, mm, yeah, I'm coming. You know, there's old people just <laughs> coming to church. They weren't great on setup and teardown, but man, <laughs> man, hearts of gold, these people, hearts of gold. Um, one of them is still actually with us, Miss Emily. Uh, I don't know how old she is now. I mean, 90s, 90-something, and has more energy than everyone in the church, uh, and can't understand a word that you're saying because her hearing is mostly uh, gone, but she'll just hug you and love you. Uh, but started uh, in, that, in that room. Uh, it sat 50 people, and it cost us, I think, $100 a month. $50 a month. Uh, so we were like, yeah, $50 a month, let's do this. And we just started meeting. Um, and that's when we had our first uh, students even begin to come to church there. Uh, we have a lot of students from uh, Southern Methodist University uh, that are a part of the church. And somehow they found their way uh, over there. Uh, one of the guys that came to our second service, uh, Tyler Scott, is actually uh, our, our assistant uh, now. And Daniel Poku, who was there, is now our youth director. And, you know, so there are these seven people, then it grew to 50 people, and then, you know, now we're in a movie theater, and went to this movie theater and launched on a movie theater day, and we had like 500 people on our launch day. I was like, oh my goodness, and the next week, there was like 120 of them, and that's how gifted I am, guys. I can take it from here and bring it all the way down. Um, so all of our friends from Austin and around the world came to our launch, uh, but they weren't willing to make the commitment to fly in every weekend, so you knew what type of relationship you had there. Um, so just started the grind, waking up early. You got the you know, 25-foot truck, everything that you own is in the truck. You show up early to a, in, in the little dumpster area where there is a, uh, an elevator and you bring everything up the steps and you're loading in and loading out. And that was before we knew Andrew with Churches uh, To Go uh, who helped us with our this third launch. And now everything is really neat and tidy and in a really nice uh, a box that, you know, basically it's, you know, plug and play. But we didn't have it like that. We had just stuff everywhere. You didn't know where things were any given week and you're just in the grind just loving just serving but people it was just all about it was just all about people and it's still just been about loving Jesus and loving people now I uh I have a um I, I took the strength finders test years ago I mean maybe 10 years ago so maybe these aren't even my strengths anymore but uh <laughs> took uh, the test, and one of my, uh, my gifts or my strengths is harmony, um, uh, which means I just like things that, I like them to come together. So uh, even, even our church actually looks like that. Our church is probably 50% white, probably 20% uh, black, probably 20%-ish Hispanic, and then 10% other. It's just, you know, Asian and, you know, Indian, just, I, my wife is the same. We just like to bring worlds uh, together. Our, our, our married, our, our, our wedding pictures, oh, we've been married uh, going on 21 years now. And uh, uh, so we just like to, uh, we, we had all these different demographics in our wedding, just like to bring worlds um, together. But I also... I, I can't really function well with disunity. Like if things actually aren't healthy, it bothers me a lot. So some people have been kind enough to say we have a healthy church and I'm so thankful for that. But it's partly because I can't function well. Like it doesn't work for me to walk into a room and I've got seven staff people there, and they're not getting along 
with each other, like you can feel that funkiness in the air. Okay, we got a lot of staff people here. You know, I'm talking about the person that you can't stand that you wish they fired, but they haven't fired yet because that's the pastor's son or whatever. I, I don't like walking into that room and feeling like things are off. For me, it's like, mm-mm, let's go, everybody. Let's fix it right now. I'm not having this. If you like me, if you care about me, then it, would you please do me a favor and fix it because your, your dysfunction is going to distract me from where I'm trying to go. So I, since we have so many staff people here, let me just let you know, even if your pastor's gift might not be harmony, the disunity, dysfunction, and lack of health so negatively impacts the vision, the direction of the church that you're creating weights that you don't really even want to create because there's not one staff member that I've ever actually met that has said, hey, I want to be a weight. I want to be somebody that holds a team back. I want to be somebody that creates dysfunction. I want to be somebody that no one else can stand to be around. Every person on your team who's a jerk doesn't really think they're a jerk. They think that they're doing what they're supposed to do to help the vision move forward. And if they can begin to understand, no, you're actually messing this thing up. We love you, but your attitude and your dysfunction and the way you talk about people when they're not in the room and the way every si- yeah, yes, turn the lights off on me. Turn them off. Turn them off. The way, the way that you are interacting with everybody else, it's actually pulling from us. So as our church began to grow and grow and grow and grow, and uh, I, I'm thankful for what God has done. I like to say it's because of me. It's definitely not. I think it's definitely in spite of me. So thank God for his grace and an amazing wife who can kick butt and take numbers. So uh, I'm just basically riding her coattails and the coattails uh, of our team. Um, with all of that being said, when we moved into our, now this is our, second permanent building. Um, it seats around 800 uh, people or so, has a floor and a balcony. I mean, it was, this was a gift. We needed it. Our last building before this one sat 250 people, and we just were just loaded. How many services can we have? And you're just going and going and going, and we needed another building. So we moved into this building two years ago, and guys, I was so afraid. Okay, I was afraid. And Onika, she'll tell you this. I was so scared because I loved who we were as a church. And I wanna, I wanna reach more people, but I was so afraid that all the new people were gonna change us. Like they were gonna come in, I wanted to reach them, but I was so afraid that all these new people, they, they knew nothing about our setup and teardown. They had no skin in the game. They're going to come to a building now. we got this cool curved screen, and they're going to think it's always been like that. They're going to come into a children's ministry that looks like Land of Nod or Restoration Hardware, and they're not going to know about when you had to carry the baby gate, set it up yourself, remove the water bottle, uh, not the water bottle, sorry, the beer bottle out of the movie theater, clean the place. Up. They're not going to know any of that. They're going to walk in and think we've always been like this. And I was like, they haven't paid a price with us. Okay, they haven't sacrificed. They haven't prayed the prayers. They, ha they have not been in the trenches with us. And I don't want a spectator church. I want a church that wants to make it on earth as it is in heaven. I want a church that's an army. I want a church that's ready to take some ground. I want a church that wants to, to kick down the very gates of hell. I don't want a church where people are like, oh, that was a good sermon. That was a bad sermon. Why is the music so loud? I don't want that. Go someplace else if you want to talk like that. I want people on mission. I want people that are ready to take ground. That's what I'm looking for. And I was just so afraid that these people are going to come in. Look at these people. <laughs> we're going to come in and they were going to change us. And yes, I wanted to reach, but I, I was afraid. So, uh, so I felt like God told me, no, you don't need to be concerned about them. Not concerned, meaning, of course, they're the lost, hurting, 
concerned, and yes, be concerned in that way. Don't be concerned that they're going to change who you are. Because it's not what comes from the outside that makes a man unclean. It's that which, come from, that which comes from within that makes a man unclean. Something can come from the outside. Ah, you eat it, goes out the body. <laughs> but that which comes from within, what's in the man's heart, that's what makes the man clean or unclean. So the Lord was helping me stop being afraid of them. I called you to reach all of them. You don't have to be intimidated about all of them that are out there. I'm bringing them to you. What you need to be thinking about is what's going on with the heart of your church. And if the heart of your church is in alignment, then the heart of your church will produce the type of culture, the type of vision, the type of life, the type of joy, the type of direction that you're looking for. So I was, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I'm so thankful for the word of Jesus Christ. So I was thinking about the heart. And I was thinking, hmm, the heart has four chambers. So I wonder what are the four chambers of our heart as a church? What are the four chambers? This is where, we'll see. I'm going to throw it out there. See what you think about it. Because we know, we know I, we're called to go into the darkness. We know we're called to bring in the broken. We know we're called to reach those who are unreachable. We know we're called to reach those that have their PhD and those who have their GED. We want to go the full gamut here, okay? And whatever shade that you are, I don't even know if you can say color anymore after today. I, 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 what, I don't Wherever you are in God's glorious rainbow and you come in, <laughs> to the family, we're here for you. God put us, God put this local church, he put your local church there for those people. So now we want it to be healthy, we want it to be pure, we want it to be good. We, so what are the four chambers? So here, here's, here's what I know is definitely one of the chambers of the heart. I definitely know one of the chambers of the heart of your church where things have to be healthy is a staff team. Staff team. The staff, staff. Now, you're like, well, there's nobody on staff at our church. Well, whoever the, the, the top people are, you're like, it's just me. Okay, great. I get it. We remember that too. We'd have staff meeting around. Hey, y'all, we're having a staff meeting. <laughs> me and Onika. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's call the meeting to order. Let's call this meeting to order. Honey, you out of the bathroom yet? Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> Just meet her. But the staff, you, senior leaders, you already know how vital you are. But I don't think the staff gets how important you are to this whole process. I, I think sometimes the staff thinks, well, since I'm not really the one in charge, really what, what, what ah, do I matter all? I mean, do I really carry a lot of weight? Do I, and I'm just here to tell you, you're one of the chambers of the heart of that church. You are a critical piece of what God is trying to do in that local church uh, or in that organization that you are a part of. So, so uh, listen to this. Um, say someone brand new comes to the church. They're brand new. They've been there two weeks. Uh, and, and tragically, the husband and wife, somebody commits adultery. Tragic, would hurt, be so difficult. Now say... A staff member commits adultery. Which one of those impacts the church more? We all know that the staff person 
nine times out of 10, is going to impact the, the spirit, the heart, the energy in the church way, way more. Why? Because that new person, they're from the outside coming in. They're not in the heart yet. But since the staff person is a part of the heart, now you've got a chamber of the heart that is contaminated and that contamination is now pumping that blood, if you will, into the rest of the church. So um, look at this. Um, we have a, one of our dearest friends in all the world. They live in Austin. Uh, he's a plastic surgeon and his wife is uh, smarter than he is and they have a fantastic... Um, business that they run, uh, a lot of holistic health and uh, all types of things. But anyway, uh, she, a number of years ago, went to Vietnam. She went to Vietnam and um, she came back uh, and, and got a virus, caught some type of virus over in Vietnam. And she came back, remember going to the hospital and everything, they were married at this time. Um, moving forward, when it came time for them to get pregnant, they actually were unable to get pregnant because this virus attacked just one chamber of her heart. So since this one chamber of her heart was not functioning properly, it impacted her ability to reproduce. One chamber of the heart was not healthy. It impacted the, her ability to reproduce. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to look at these different chambers here. We're going to go through some more, but I'm asking you to look at it and go, hey, how, how's the health in that chamber? You're like, oh man, we're preaching. We got great Sundays. Okay. How's the staff? How's the health? Do people talk about each other behind everybody's back? Do, or, or do, do people forgive quickly on the team? Are people cheering each other on or are they fighting for position? Are people trying to get their own platform or are they trying to lift up the name of Jesus Christ? Are they about building their own kingdom or are they about building the local church and what Jesus Christ is trying to do in their city and then in a generation? What, what, what is it that's going on on that team? Because if, if there's contamination there, it can impact the ability to reproduce. Next chamber. Let me give you another chamber. Give you another, I'll go to some other practical things here in a second. Another, another thing. Um, dream team, volunteers, team, whatever you want to call it. The folks who are serving are chamber of the heart. I do not believe if we want to have life-giving local churches, we can ignore this chamber of the heart. People are not there to do a job for us. People are not there to make us happy. It, our mindset, and, uh, and of course, you, you get this from Pastor Chris and the whole amazing ARC leadership team who, they just blow my mind. All of them, I, I'm so glad I even get the opportunity to ever even sit in the same room, meaning this massive room that we're all in, even the auditorium. When I get to sit in there, I'm just like, come on, feed me, feed me, feed me. Feed. I, it doesn't have to be lunch one-on-one. -on -one. I feel like we're having lunch with you right now. And I know there's 4,000 people in here, but just keep on talking. I mean, these guys and, and these women are just so filled with life and knowledge. Uh, with that being said, we don't, we don't need people to greet at the door. We don't need people to watch kids. What we're interested in doing is raising up individuals that are so passionate for Jesus Christ and his cause and stepping into who God has called them to be. And all the serving is is an opportunity for them to work some muscles so that they can step fully into who God is destined for them to be. So we're trying to say, hey, we don't need you standing at a door. What we want for you is we want you standing here smiling, looking people eyeball to eyeball, giving them value, worth, dignity, because all week they've been walking through a world that has been ignoring them. So I need you now to remind them that God has a plan and a purpose for their life. You're not, that's why get that coffee out of your hand. Don't stand there with your purse in your hand. Get your, get all the jackets, get your, get your feet clear all around you. So when that person comes up, there is no distraction whatsoever. And you are ready to remind them that you are loved, you are valued, you are believed, and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And as that person begins to do that, they become who God is calling them to be. I don't need you to greet. I don't need you to greet. 
People, they can, they can find the door themselves. People can find a place to park, but there's nobody at the mall helping you. You figure it out. You're competent. You're smart. Why do I, I don't need a parking team so I look relevant. I want people out there so that they can be working the gifts that God has put on the inside of them and they can become who God is calling them to be. So with all of that being said, I want you to be so passionate about making sure your dream team, your leaders, your volunteers, however, or whatever you want to call them, they are so taken care of. They are so loved. They are so valued. We say thank you. We say we appreciate you and we do not believe for a second that they're doing us a favor. Wow. Not doing me a favor? Wait, you th- do you think you're doing me a favor? Because you're serving? Wait, really? No, 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 sorry. My fault, my fault. I, I don't even know how I painted the picture for you uh, like that because you're not doing me a favor. We're on mission. We're trying to go somewhere. We're trying to take back the territory that the enemy has now set up camp in all these people's lives. And you're jumping on the journey with us to do this thing. You're jumping on the journey to make it on earth as it is in heaven. That does not mean I'm disrespectful to them. That does not mean I demean. That does not mean I abuse. That does not mean I look down upon. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to place so much value and worth on their position in the kingdom. So now I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure you're equipped, to make sure you're loved, to make sure you believe in all of the stuff that I'm talking about right now, this is culture, this is culture, this is, this is the spirit of it, because if you have a, a, a volunteer team that everybody thinks they are doing you a favor, I don't think it's healthy. You've heard it said from Brian Houston and so many others that are smarter than me, nothing great is built on minimums. Nothing great is built on minimums. All you have to do, 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 all you, and we dumb it down so much. People are like, man, if that's all I have to do, then that doesn't even, does it even matter? Don't be afraid. Even if you have to have less. Have two awesome hosts at the door. Rather than six people that are like, they asked me to do, they, Oh, no, 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 sorry, my bad. I obviously led you there. I obviously led you to a place where you thought you were doing me a favor. So you got to own it. You take personal responsibility for where the team is right now. But go back home this weekend and say, team, my fault. I apologize. I was making it too easy. I was, I was thinking that I was inconveniencing you. And I was not casting a vision about where we're going and who God has called us to be. I apologize for where we have been. Let me just let you know, we're a new church now. We're going to be healthy. We're going to be on fire for the things of God. We're going to be ready to kick down the gates of hell. When you begin to paint a picture like that, people want to step up. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. I want the team needs to be healthy. Now, another thing that I think this is these other two. Let's see. I like them. I like them, but I'm still wrestling with them. Okay, I'm wrestling with these last two staff. We know that we got to do that. We know we got to have the uh, the uh, the team healthy, the 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 servant leaders, whatever you're gonna call it. Got to have them healthy. The next one, I feel like um, the vision. The vision. What are you about? Um. For those, this might be more for the the senior leaders here, um, because they get to, you know, cast the vision, you know, everyone, we were on staff out of church for 12 years, okay, so we get holding up somebody else's arms, carrying somebody else's vision, okay, we totally get sometimes when your senior leader says something, you're like, really, why are we going to do that, and, uh, (laughs) but you got to run with it, okay, (laughs) like it's your own, well, you don't leave the meeting and go, he said, he said, we got, if I, if I were leading it, I would do, but, but listen, let's just do this. We'll do what he said. And then when it doesn't work, then we'll come. I can even feel myself getting angry right now. Thank you. 
that someone would do something. It is so divisive. And some people think, oh, oh, no, no, I, that's, I'm, I'm actually, I'm connecting. I'm connecting with the volunteer. I'm letting him know I love him. I'm letting him know I really care. I'm, I'm being empathetic. No, you're not. You're being an Absalom. Okay? Oh, man. I'm going to give you some more free stuff. You, staff team members, volunteer leaders, once you jump on the team, you are they. You are they. Um, I've never even had this conversation with Dave. I don't even know. I mean, I love him so much. I'm so thankful for he uh, and his wife. Um, I have heard from him through his campus pastors as well about some of the pain that he has walked through in church life, okay? I've heard about some of that. He and I haven't had a conversation about that, and I apologize. I'm sharing too much of your business uh, right now. Um, if he begins to weep uncontrollably, <laughs> somebody hold him. Uh, <sighs> Once he jumps on the team, and I get that he's been hurt, at other places. He cannot, he cannot think me and my wife and the team are they, the church. And he is like just the poor volunteer, just kind of just giving his time sacrificially to kind of just, just kind of help. If Dave has that mindset, that's the thing that begins to trickle into everybody else that gets connected to him. Because you know this like I know the spirit speaks louder than words. It totally does. So now I need Dave to understand once he jumps on the team and starts serving with us, he is they. So whenever he's at a dinner party and everyone begins to say, why is it church? And why is it church? And I, we used to, and now I don't, we do this anymore. He is not like, yeah, I don't know why I don't, he's not jumping in in with that conversation he is they he is the church at that point in time so now he stands up in that moment and says man I'm so thankful that we have a church that wants to reach people I'm so thankful that we have a church that makes things uncomfortable I'm so thankful that we have a church that sets a high standard I'm so thankful begin to shut down gossip oh man okay I gotta keep going here um what was I talking about vision the vision usually comes from the senior leader. I, I get that. But I want it for you staff members. It needs to stay pure with you. Okay? Don't distort it when it gets to you. So when you're talking to your, your, your senior leader, you're talking to the person who you report to, and you hear the vision from them, be great at asking questions to make sure you actually understand what they are saying. Make sure you become a student of that leader. Make sure you get the spirit, the heart, not just the letter of the law, get the spirit of the law because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you have to get the spirit of what is being said, not just the robotic piece of what is being said because then you will implement something Thing with the team that you lead and it will lack the love and the compassion and the and the anointing that is needed to carry that thing out and your leader can walk into a room and go yeah you're doing everything that I said to do but the whole spirit in the place is wrong I want you when you hear it let it come through you so pure your goal your goal is it for it to be like it to feel like they're hearing it from the senior leader Not your twist on it. Hmm, let me, I heard what you said, but let me add my little. Hmm, the church doesn't need your little. Hmm. The church needs health and vision. And if that vision can be so clear and so pure, I, I think that chamber, when that chamber is right, this speaks to the motive. Why are you doing it? Where are you going? And why are you going there? I want to get some time for question and answer. So I'm going to do my last chamber. This is my last chamber. I'm going to say this last one. I'm going to say his message. 
And by message, I mean, what is being preached with the lives, but also what is being preached from the pulpits in the church? Now, understand there's not just one pulpit, okay? Especially when you have connect groups, small groups. You open it up for other pulpits, okay? This is why back in the day, pastors were into small groups, okay? Because everybody thought they were going to start preaching and have their small group, and then they get to do their vision, and then things start getting all dis- dysfunctional. So that's people like, no, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to keep everybody on Wednesday night. You come here. I preach to you on Wednesday. Go home. Come back on Sunday. I will preach to you again on Sunday. Go back. Go home. Don't listen to anybody else. There is no podcasting. There is nobody else out there. It is just us. And then you would... <laughs> Keep, but we know that's not a life-giving, healthy church. At some point in time, that, that, that just doesn't end up working the way we want it to work, especially for where we're going at the types of churches that, that we are. So with that being said, uh, if, if our message at our church, and the same would be at yours, if the message changes from, hey, what you do gets you to heaven rather than what Christ did gets you to heaven, if that begins to change, it will mess with the health of the church. One of the chambers of your heart will begin to get dysfunctional. It will not be operating the way it's supposed to operate. So make sure the messages that are coming from the platforms of your church is consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do everything you can to make sure that stuff stays in alignment so this keeps a purity and a life-giving piece of what we want to have happen. Okay, we've got about 20 minutes left in this. 20 minutes. I want to talk about confrontation. I want to talk about... I don't know if I, did I get enough practical things? Was there enough practical? Let's do question and answer, and then we'll get to even some more of those things. I definitely talked about some spirit stuff. Was it Chris? Is that your name? Chris, thank you so much for being wonderful. He's our room host. Awesome. And he's done a great job. Chris, look at it. Yes, yes. We're talking about you. We are talking about you. Yes. Chris, you're the man. Thank you for all you do. <laughs> uh, can you help us with, uh, learning to disagree in a way that brings health. Oh, that's good. Because uh, it's good to think through things together, but there, how do we ask questions that help us align and help us get on the same page and not just Ooh. be a robot? This is really, really good. Okay, so uh, first thing I would say uh, is for those who are on team, all right, because when you're the leader, I guess you would really just report to the board, right? But So you're talking about those who are on team. And this, this is a struggle, okay, if you think at all. <laughs> like, if you actually have a brain and you have opinions and you have thoughts, this can be a rub, okay? So, and God gave you the gifts and the abilities that he gave you for a reason and a purpose. So, for me, I want to make sure I have sensed such ridiculous loyalty and passion from those who are on the team before I get their opinions, I want to know that you're with me. I need need to know you're with me. I need need to know you're with me. Because here's the thing, and people don't don't believe this. I don't know this for sure about Pastor Chris, but I I think it could be true of him or any other senior pastor. You have insecurities that you battle. We're not totally sure of every single direction that we're supposed to go. I'm like, hmm, perhaps, like Jonathan the Zomber Bear, right? Perhaps. So, so to have someone that would say, I'm with you, heart and soul. Do whatever's in your heart. It boosts you. It, you actually are able to give energy, encouragement. You're actually able to put courage into your leader with that type of loyalty, that type of buy-in. So that, that's the first thing. Now, I'm not talking about the abusive situations where people are taking advantage. Of, okay, you guys know. I'm talking about healthy-esque environments, all right? With that being said, after you, they know you have, they know they have your loyalty. I personally like to do this. What I hear you saying is this. Can I add a thought to the conversation? Nope, I don't want to hear your thoughts. Okay, thank you. Because you're actually not going to be the one held accountable to the vision of the church. 
you'll be held accountable to how you responded to the vision that your pastor and your leader gave you. Okay? He or she will stand before the Lord at some point in time. So that is my humble opinion for you is I would say what they said back to them as clearly as possible and then ask for permission. Now, for those of you who have been in it for a while and you got the credibility and you got all the coins in the bank, hey, you probably can go, that's dumb. You know, and I, I get that that some of you have that ability, but do not be the new guy or the new girl and think you can be like the person who's been at the church for 25 years and you start calling the pastor by the first name too and going, hey, buddy, and all this, you know, there's no honor, there's no respect, there's no, uh, it's just, you're dumbing down the relationship, so hopefully that, that, that answer your question. That's how I would do it, and I think you'll be surprised with that type of humility, the open doors that you will get. Who else? Any other questions? Yes. Sorry. No, no sorry at okay, all. So, do you um, have anything exciting on the horizon? <laughs> you're funny. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I'm a pastor's <laughs> wife, okay. and I actually lead our volunteers. We call them no-shows. Okay. And um, You call I, the volunteers no-shows? Yeah, because um, know the word, show the world. Oh, okay, that's great. All right. No I was like, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> oh we got gosh. it. We got this. We got this. <laughs> we can't get anybody to show up for some reason, and we're just trying to figure out. Oh my God. Why everyone's late all the time. <laughs> yes, okay. I'm turning red. So, um, so I have, um, I didn't grow up in ministry. My husband, um, he, when I met him, he was a pastor. Long story short, anyways, I didn't grow up in ministry. And then I obviously planted a church. Um, we didn't start with art because he wasn't married. So, okay. you know, yep, gotcha. unfortunately. But mm -hmm. we're still, we're going to. Um, so my biggest question is, one of the things that I struggle with is how do you deal with, like, how do you respond or deal with people who don't honor the vision or respect the vision? And as a pastor's wife, it's hard because I want to build relationships with women, but then mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm like, so why are you still coming late? Or why, you know, just having to address accountability things okay. mm -hmm. um, or teaching, I'm teaching my team to lead and to hold them accountable, but then they're struggling, you know, like, does that make sense? I think I understand what you're saying, and what I what I hear you saying okay. uh, <laughs> is um, with the individuals that are on the team, uh, for them not to be as consistent, uh, not um, maybe as bought in yes. uh, as you would like them uh, to yeah. be, and how do we articulate to them the importance and kind of help steer them back on track? Is that yeah? Because like we're getting there, but then there's there there's maybe some bad oh and like you got some you got some old people that have been around a while that are the used, beginning yeah, when yeah, we uh -huh. didn't have no structure and yep. then now there's structure and they're like not i don't like this oh structure. yeah 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 we love those folks okay. um <laughs> Uh, because there's a sense of entitlement that can come from people that were like, oh, I've been here forever. I was yeah. here before you. I know what it's like. I Right. But then as a pastor's wife, you're I'm like, why don't they respect? And I don't I don't want respect. I want them to love the vision, love mm -hmm. our vision and what we're doing for God. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about the people who are coming. And I'm confused why they don't have that vision. Yeah. yeah. I know it's a heart thing. Yeah, I, I think one of the great things, you know, first and foremost, I would say is, you know, we always have to take responsibility for where our people are, yeah. right? So uh, they are where we are because we led them there. Yeah. Uh, so I think we have to just own that. And I think it helps us uh, just kind of come to grips with the fact that we don't do everything right all the exactly. time. So yeah. some of you, it will be, I've done this, okay, multiple times. So let's take giving, for instance, at our church, meaning financial giving. This was an issue that I skirted around. Because I don't want to be that church that, you know, people think, oh, the church is all about your money. So I didn't want to be the church that people talk, because I know we're not all about your money. So I just thought, let me just kind of skirt around this one. I did it for years at our church. Years. Um, my wife and I were tithers, giving offerings, supporting our, the local church and, you know, uh, uh, outside as well, so you know, some missionaries. So we we had we were living by these principles, but I was not teaching them to our church for fear, really, of what they were going to think about me and about our church. Really, so it was ultimately idolatry. Um, so with that being said, I had to stand up in front of our list, start with our leaders, stand up in front of them, and say, "I'm so sorry. 
I have been living with a fear that you would think something about us that I don't think is true. And because I had that fear, I was not willing to go here on this issue that Jesus talks about multiple times. I went to our church. Sorry. So I think it's fine to go to the folks that have been there for a long time ago. Guys, thank you so much. I'm so thankful for you. I so appreciate you because a lot of you, you're here at ARC and you feel like you need to shift. You feel like you need to make adjustments. You're here and you're going, oh my goodness. We're not nearly as good as I thought we were or we're way worse than I actually thought we were. But you know you need to make a shift. You need to make an adjustment. I think it's, a perf- it's perfectly appropriate for you to repent and apologize before your people for where you have brought them to this point in time. But then to say, here's the line. I'm stepping over it. Now, if you don't come, I still love you. You can even still be a part of the church. But you actually can't be in this position of leadership anymore if you don't come with me. Well, that's not fair. That's not. No, no. Listen, it worked for where we were. It does not work for where we're going. So I am not. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I am so for you. But this is where we are going. If you'll be willing to have the courage to submit yourself to the people around you, repent, but then to stand up like a leader, I think you'll be surprised how people will follow you. I think they are, they're, they're going the direction they're going right now because they think they're going the right direction. But if you give them a very clear picture, a clear, clear, crystal clear picture of where you are going, people now will know, oh, I'm not hitting the mark. Because we don't talk about people behind their backs. Because everybody, we show up on time. Because we actually bring somebody else on the journey with us. This is one of our things. We're like, hey, we got all these leaders. I'm so glad they're here. But who else are they bringing on the journey with them? We're supposed to, disciples make other disciples. That's what they're supposed to be doing. So how come we're not doing that right now? So everybody, you got, so glad you're here, team leads. You've been doing so great. But in order for us to move forward, you're going to have to have three people that you're raising up underneath you that have to be on your team. Wait, 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 wait. Most people are like, okay, new challenge. I'll switch with you. I'll go there with you. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, what else? What else? Right here. Right here. Yes. Hey, first of all, thank you for all of this. It's definitely a big help. Um, my question right, is thanks. this. You mentioned earlier about having the, having the gift of harmony of bringing worlds together. Mm-hmm. Now, my pastor also has that gift, mm-hmm. but what if the environment slash neighborhood and also possible chambers of that heart don't necessarily either see or agree with the harmony of bringing other worlds together for cultural health. Hmm. Uh, so do I hear you say, can you, can you make it even more specific for me? All right. Um, shades. Okay, <laughs> we'll say, yeah. Uh-huh. We'll the, say the shades. The rainbow. Okay, <laughs> the, the yeah. Rainbow. I, I thought you were talking about color, but okay. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just to keep it, you know, just to keep it real, you know, we deal, you know, with that. And I've been in church my whole life, and I've either seen all white churches, all black churches, but what, where is that, where, is the, where, do you, where do you draw that line when you try to get people to try to understand that it's not a black church, it's not a white church, it's God's church? Mm. How, you're talking about healthy culture, building church yeah, culture, yeah. And, and, but what you deal with is technically a neighborhood or environment that, that thinks it's still this kind of church, but your pastor's trying to get it to yeah. get everybody to understand, and, and those chambers... Yep. That makes still sense. stuck. Yeah, to, yeah, to makes total culture. sense. I'll tell you this. For, first thing I would say, and I'm stealing this from Chris Hodges because why shouldn't you? Uh, you can't create culture. You can only be one. Okay? You can't create culture. You can only be one. So when we're talking about healthy church, if you're not healthy. Okay? So that's just... 
So if you got to read that book, Emotionally Healthy Leader, if you got to go on a retreat, if you got to do your own time of prayer and fasting, if you got to go read, you know, Breaking Bondages or, you know, Walking in Freedom, whatever you have to do to get free in yourself, because you can only reproduce who you actually are. So I feel like the, the pastor, the leader uh, there and the team, you got to have a team of people around you like, hey, this is where we're going. But I, again, when you're talking about race and those types of things, and you're talking about neighborhoods and cultures, man, you can have generations of things that you're dealing with there. So I don't think, um, I, I personally like to say that we're farmers, not magicians as pastors. Magicians can come in, you can do smoke and mirrors and you can like abracadabra and you can just do a whole lot of like lights and smoke and stuff and people are like, whoa, but nothing really changed. But as a farmer, you're just like, okay. And I just think when you're talking about race things, but even some of you with the culture, because you took over a church that was a certain way for a very long time, it just takes a while for that thing to shift. So you have to be okay in the grind. You have to be okay planting seeds and then pulling up weeds and then some foxes came in and ate at the harvest that was coming up and you have to start all over again because this one thing happened in the news or this one thing happened in the connect group or this one thing happened at the women's ministry and you got to, oh my gosh, I got to start all over. But that's just part of being a farmer. You just stay in that grind. But if you do it, man, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. You just cannot give up. Uh, last question, maybe probably, uh, who, who we got right here? Oh, I didn't even see you. Thank you. Hey, Pastor Earl. Hello, really, sir. Really appreciate it. You said you wanted practical stuff. Sure. I'm going to throw one at you that might conflict with what you just said. I'm ready. I'm ready. So we'll see. I, I like that though. I like it being messy. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. So Pastor Daniel in the round table last week was telling me and some other guys that like you need to be as the lead pastor, which I know I'm one of a few of us here, um, the, the chief architect of your culture. Yep. So it might yep. not be building culture, but yep. yeah, anyhow, um, he talked about these uh, learned behaviors. Like you don't go to anywhere else and expect that a teenager is going to look at you and after you say thank you, say the words you hear at Chick-fil-A when you say thank you. Yeah, uh -huh. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. But that's part of the culture they're trying to create. That's right. So that's I'm right. curious, at your church, what are some learned behaviors that you've kind of intentionally structured into your leadership yes, and into your dream team to say, all right, this is how we operate in order to build this kind of culture because culture yep. building isn't easy. That's great. So great, great question. So for us, it super intentionally, people pick up already on who you are when they show up unto your parking lot, right? And I would say even before that, it's when they meet your people. They're interacting in the store, and like, man, the waiter at the restaurant's like, why is everybody so happy at this table? So they're already getting a feeling about who your church is before they ever walked into the doors of, of the church. Now, once you get onto the team with us, in your training, like to be a host, we actually will give you here the three things that we want you to do as a host. You gotta smile big. I don't even remember all three of them right now because we got a whole lot of them. We gotta smile, you gotta look people in the eye, and you gotta say something life-giving. Smile, look people in the eye, say something life-giving. What if I don't think? You'll think of something. But why do we do that? Because if you're around my wife, for 26 seconds, okay, or less, she will find something about you. I don't know. She, I love your earrings. I love your hair. Oh, man, that's what a great smile. Oh, I love your shirt. Oh, my, where'd you get those boots? Okay, wait. Uh, oh, my goodness, you're so tall. Oh, my goodness, you're so short. Oh, yeah, she's going to say something that's going to be incredibly life-giving to you. So now we have systematized something that's a part of who we are, all right? And then people, they have felt it when they've come into the doors, and now they're happy to be a part of giving the same thing that they received when they came in. So for the parking team, we do that. For the connect group leaders, what are the, the three things we want to make sure? Now, we're not great at this at all, but if you had to dumb it down, not dumb it down, um, if you had to make it clear crystal clear you do these three things you'll be winning people grab a hold of that stuff because the 19 page manual i mean i appreciate it but they're just not gonna read it and if the ones that do you know they're just anal like that you know and they're just great people you're happy to have them on the team uh but 
you know, they're, they're, most people aren't going to do that. So I'm going to give you the training for kids ministry, but this is how I want you to stand at the door. Let's practice. So with our whole team, literally our host huddle that we have, we go, okay, role play. We're big ones on role play. Role play. I'm a first time guest. I'm walking up. Where do I go? Onik is great at this. Where do I go? Where do I go? How are you doing, ma'am? I don't know. I'm so lost. I mean, we'll just play it up, play it up. We do this with our kids as well. You're on the playground and somebody says, hey, you want to look at my phone? My brother showed me this video. So we'll walk up. We just do the whole role play because it helps people get familiar. Now it's, to go back to basketball, uh, it's practicing before you play. And my coach used to say, you play like you practice. So if you don't have any times of practice, you don't have any times of training, you don't have any times of shaping, then I don't think people are ready when they get on the court or on the field to do what you actually want them to do. But we're also, we try to be great at adjusting and fixing things that are broken quickly with love. Love you so much. Hey, um, I'll, I'll, where do you want me to put your coffee for you? Because we, we don't have coffee in our hands when we're, hey, just a reminder. Hey, let me bring, host, everybody come over here. Ushers, everybody come on over. Okay, so my son was a uh, usher the first time this past week. My 13-year-old, I'm done. This is my last story. Our head usher is a beast. Okay, he's at our White Rock campus. He is an absolute beast. And my son, we like to try to push people into the center because, you know, have people that come late. So my son was telling me this. Uh, you, you walk up to them. You say, hello, glad you're here. Then you say, how long have you been coming? And then they tell you, like, oh, that's great. Then you say, hey, could you do me a favor, please, and move more to the, to the center so that people who are coming late don't have to cross over you? And they go, sure. I didn't even know that we were doing that. My son told me that, but I love that we're not going, move in. Hello? How long have you been coming? Here's the why behind what I'm going to ask you to do. I wish I would have thought of that. I didn't. But steal all of that. This is some of the practical things that we do. Hey, we're praying for you. Want your churches to be the healthiest they can possibly be. It is actually 4.18 in four seconds. So we are three minutes over here. And you guys got to go eat because we got Brian Houston tonight. Love you guys so much. You are dismissed. We believe in you a ton. We're so thankful for you. We love you here at ARC.